Hey there, all you cool cats and, oops, <laughs> wrong show. Hey guys, Jason here with Spectrum Labs and for this episode, we are taking another sharp left turn and we're not gonna be talking about the hemp and cannabis industry for this episode. And we are actually gonna be talking about relationships. Before you turn the dial, before you go somewhere else, just hear me out for one second. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is that the hemp and cannabis industry will be here when this coronavirus or COVID-19 crisis is over with or uh, tempered with. And I figured that one of the things that is really important right now that we have to all navigate and that we're all dealing with is relationships, whether it's at work with our employees, there are some folks that are feeling the uncertainty and just the weight of it all. Um, maybe they're scared, um, maybe they're not sure what's gonna happen with their jobs or in their life. And uh, having some tools to be able to talk to these folks could be really key and uh, I wouldn't say in being successful, but just maybe mitigating some of these changes and a lot of this uncertainty. Now, also the relationships that we are having at home are really important, especially right now, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with your kids, possibly with your parents, and being able to have uh, good conversations with these loved ones is really key right now, uh, not just for ourselves as individuals, but also for the people around us to try to um, just try to uh, understand as best as possible how to navigate these things uh, where we don't all know what's going to happen um, on the other side of this. Uh, we know that there will be another side. It's just um, challenging to figure out what that will be. But what we know now is that in the present moment, we have all these relationships that we're trying to manage, um, and including our own emotions. And so that was the purpose of this episode, was to talk to a family and relationship therapist. Her name is Kelly Wiley, and she gives some tools and some guides as to how to have these conversations, how to handle some of this emotion, changing our mindset, so that we can uh, at least be in the present moment and be present with other people in our world. So um, it's a fascinating conversation. I learned a lot from Kelly and I hope that you do as well. And if you find this beneficial, please go ahead and share it. And in a few episodes, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program regarding the hemp and cannabis industry. But for now, here is the conversation with Kelly Wiley. Kelly, uh, thank you so much for joining me today uh, on the Hemp Startup Journey podcast. Uh, typically, we talk about, uh, with, with other guests, I talk about the hemp industry and cannabis and all that kind of stuff. We are not talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah. So um, like I mentioned to you the other day, it's been hard for me to focus on thinking about the business of hemp. Uh, you know, It's hard not to focus on what's happening in our world and relationships is a big part of that, obviously, um, it, whether relationships, maybe you've found opportunities at getting better, right? Because we're, you know, some of us are stuck at home uh, right. or maybe things have gotten uh, worse for some folks. Maybe they, they're not managing relationships well. So uh, like we talked about before, I figured that the the main focus here is going is talking about relationships in general, and that's that's your jam. That's what you're good at. Uh, you you've been a, a family and uh, relationship therapist for about twenty two years, something like that. At least. Okay. Um, so, but what what did you tell us what uh, what you do? What's your what's your focus? So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, 
and I I work with individuals, couples, families, um, and I have a general practice. But um, my my passion, I think, is um, human development and how that impacts relationships. Um, I love to work with couples. I love to work with families. It, it brings a lot of energy into the room and, and that's just exciting and helping people navigate their relationships in ways that they feel good about, um, it is very personally rewarding to me. So that's, that's just kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I was thinking this morning, uh, driving to my office, how much has changed in just the last two weeks for people. Um, And as a rule, human beings just really don't love change. (laughs) Even when it's good change, um, human beings tend to thrive in consistency, routine, ritual. Um, And so this has been very disconcerting for people on many levels. and so one of the things I was, I, I've been focusing on in my practice when I'm working with um, people is now that, now that you're home or now that your, your work environment has shifted, school environments have shifted, that it's, it's really crucial to establish a routine, some structure, even within the confines of your home. Um, those things tend to settle human beings down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about that this morning and, and how, uh, helping people, even, even if they live in a tiny one bedroom apartment, be able to structure off space, be able to, uh, so husbands and wives and partners can, can have their own space to do their own thing and, if there are children present that they get in the routine of going to their desk or school and we're all in our separate places, but within the same, um, building. So that's been really helpful to people to have structure to their day and structure within the places that they're, um, staying right now to keep everybody safe. Okay, perfect. Um, so let's see, we'll, I'd like to cover a few more things about the, about home life, um, at work. So you're, you're at work, uh, but you, you work as you're a solopreneur, you're a solo practitioner. Uh, so you're probably not interacting with folks face to face. Um, but there are some folks that still are going to work and they're uh, interacting with other coworkers. And I think most people have implemented some sort of social distancing measure or cleaning or something like that. But uh, so, um, I'm at work and we have a pretty small staff. So Fortunately, we don't have to be super close, with, you know, physically with each other. Uh, right. Cleaning, and we're doing all, all those all those kinds of things. Uh, and every once in a while, we do have someone coming into work, and the the weirdness is palpable uh, of folk coming in, and you know, they'll they'll approach uh, to what they're normally used to, you know, like that that safe distance for them, and then they kind of back up. And, and then they come back up again and they turn right. sideways and they cross their arms and maybe they cover their mouth. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just strange. Like we don't know what to do with ourselves right now. Right. We're a little um, subconscious getting used to all the new ways of interacting. And I think about it as, you know, the, the personal space bubble used to be like maybe a foot and now it's six feet. So yeah. it's, it's, expanding that space bubble that we're all kind of getting used to. But yes, you're right. It, it does create some awkwardness. Um, 
And it's an adjustment. We're mm-hmm. all adjusting to kind of the new rules of being with each other. Yeah. What, what are you seeing? I don't know if you're talking about these things with clients as far as work, because um, c- you know now we have to be cognizant of, uh, of distance, uh, but then there's all this stress, right? And I think stress creates a lot of different uh, dynamics within the individual. And then you know some of that might be blurted out to others at, at work. Uh, what kinds of things are you seeing um, with clients and what kinds of suggestions are you giving them to be able to manage these uh, sort of tensions or emotions that are kind of being blurted out? Great question. Um, what comes to the forefront of my mind, Jason, is how contagious anxiety is. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we've all got our anxiety ramped up a bit, um, that tends to bleed over into other people. And so then it's just this escalating anxiety that we're all feeling. And the antidote to that, I believe, or one, one antidote is to remind yourself, kind of be your own therapist. Um, I tell my clients, picture me sitting right on your shoulder and whispering into your ear, we're going to get through this. This is an adjustment. It's going to be okay. Even if you don't believe that, if you can start saying that to yourself, you will lower your own anxiety and then how you're operating and interacting with other people will lower their anxiety Mm -hmm. Um, because you're giving off the air. You're convincing yourself and convincing others that it's going to be okay. Um, and so, yeah, thinking about anxiety as being contagious like this uh, COVID-19 is contagious can help us remind ourselves to, to say nice things to ourselves and things we may not even be, be, believe because our body reacts to what's in our mind. And we are in control of what's in our mind. If you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, everybody thinks this is so strange and I'm sitting six feet away and and I'm backing up when somebody comes close, then that will increase your anxiety. If If you offer some humor in it, you know, make a joke with your coworker like, oh, all right, we got, we got to back up or, you know, just keeping it light and, and saying to him or her, yeah, this is, this is strange and this is weird, but this is our new reality. We're going to get through it. I look forward to the day I can slap it high with you again or, or you know, maybe elbow bump is the new reality. But <laughs> just keeping it light and reminding yourself that um, we are all in this together. We're going to get through it. And you will tend to relax if you are saying positive things to yourself about the situation, even if you don't believe them. Yeah. Say them anyway. What about, what would you say to leaders in companies um, that are trying to manage um, knowingly or unknowingly the expectations or or just, you know, these emotions of their employees? Um, What are some ways that they can say, hey, here's what we're doing or, or taking action some way or supporting their employees? Right. What a great question, because I think of, 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 not only leaders in companies, but parents as leaders of the family. And so leaders really set the tone for how the work environment is. Parents set the tone for how the family environment is. And so you're, I would encourage you to do things like remind your employees 
about self-care, basics, the basics that we know make human beings feel better. That hasn't changed for eons. Things like good nutrition, things like um, seven to nine hours of sleep a night, getting some exercise, whether it's we've converted our garage into a little home gym um, or you're walking around the block where you live. Um, finding ways to, to take care of yourself. Um, there's all these great meditation apps. Like you really need to prioritize your self care. And as a leader, it's good to model that to your employees and good to support them in their efforts to take good care of themselves. They're going to show up better at work. Everybody's going to feel better. And you'll, again, that will, that will affect the other people you're around in a positive way. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good tips. Um, so let's say that this person is now going home and, you know, going to their families, let's say, and there's, um, this is such a very, um, like the, the dynamics of relationships at home. Uh, I've seen so many different types and, um, it, let's see with, um, like how, how do you, come home in a way that you're supportive to your family? Okay. So, um, I guess I need you to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you a scenario. Yeah. So, so let's say, so, so for myself, uh, so I have a wife and two kids and they're at home. Uh, my wife has been thrust into being a teacher, uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> for a second grader and for a pre-K child. Oh yes. <clears throat> and, um, so they're at home, you know, they try to take a, a walk here and there. Uh, but I think there's still a little bit of that kind of anxiety or, or unsureness about like how to be outside of the home. So I come home and I, I want to support them, but, uh, some days might be great because, uh, let's say, you know, school went well. Uh, but then other days it might not be great because, uh, school didn't go well, or maybe there's anxiety or, or there's cabin fever or there's oh, stress sure. or, uh, you know, my, my family is very much, um, their social butterflies and not having that contact with other people is really tough. And so, oh, yeah. you know, so how in, in that situation, and I see other friends that have a similar scenario. So how can I best help, you know, my family when I come home from work? Right. So this is, this gets a little bit back to structuring the day. And so for, for parents who, one person's leaving the home and continuing to work outside of the home. And then the other parent who's maybe used to leaving the home some is now at home with kids for many more hours. Um, kids, as wonderful and delightful as they are, they're needy. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to drain us. Um, and so I would say that, um, you and your wife talk about how you're going to structure the day so she can expect a break when you come home. It doesn't mean that your day hasn't been stressful, but it's a different kind of stress. Um, you're around adults. Adults are a little different than, than yeah. children. And so if, if when you come in the door, if she knows within 15, 20, 30 minutes, she's going to have a break from mm -hmm 
the kind of the hands-on of dealing with the kids. Um, even 30 minutes for her to go get some exercise, 30 minutes for her to sit in an Epsom salt bath and, and close the door and just have some time to herself so she can recharge. Um, I think that's helpful. So parents, I, I encourage parents to sit down at the beginning of the week and talk about how they're going to structure the time. Um, and so coming home knowing, okay, I'm gonna, it's going to be a tag team for a little while. And then after, um, after she's had her time, you guys can talk about what we're going to do together as a family and have a family activity. Um, and then after the kids go to bed, you know, what do each of you need to, to reconnect with each other? Um, mm -hmm. but being really mindful about, um, I just wanted to add this in about manners with each other. I think it's crucially important right now mm, what just do you mean? Knowing that, that everybody is, a little more stressed than usual mm. because of the adjustments that we've all had to make. And then, like you said, parents are suddenly becoming, not only do they have their jobs, but they've got another job of um, a homeschooling teacher, um, which is incredibly stressful in and of itself. So mm. remembering to treat each other with respect and kindness and compassion and patience um, uh, if you can kind of keep that at the forefront of your mind, um, we can kind of let, give each other a little more slack than we're used to giving each other. Yeah, yeah. It goes a long way. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel like, uh, for the past few weeks for, for myself, I've been trying to be a little bit more empathetic, um, not just with, with family and, and coworkers, but I think just with people in general, because <clears throat> we're, we're all of a sudden found to be in, in sort of a new world. And we're doing these sort of irrational things uh, for some very irrational. Um, and, uh, but I think we all have our coping mechanisms and sometimes that comes out as that what seems irrational to somebody else, but in our own minds, that seems perfectly rational, right? Whether it's, you know, stocking on toilet paper, or, you know, that's like, right. like the running joke um, or just take or uh, obsessively cleaning or just something that tr uh, helps us feel like we have some control over something. Absolutely. Um, but I can imagine that that can go into a pretty negative space if you're taking it too far. Right. And so do you, do you see examples of that with folks? Like what, what the, when do you know that, okay, well maybe this is turning into like OCD or just a, some sort of a, a mania and, and if it's too much. I need to pull back a little bit. Right. Well, I, I think you brought up a great point that I want to highlight the, the antidote to fear and isolation is a sense of purpose. Mm. So sometimes people, uh, you know, get on the extreme of, of cleaning because that settles them down. That gives them a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say even finding, um, you know, ways to have a sense of purpose that maybe you haven't done before, like, I thought of having the kids write letters to their grandparents. I mean, mm. who writes letters anymore? Yeah. But there's something very um, meaningful, thoughtful, rewarding about putting your feelings down on a piece of paper and, and sending that to someone you love. So finding um, some people, I've got such 
wonderful people that I work with. And um, some of my clients are, are sitting at home making homemade masks and mm. sending those out. That's, that's creating a sense of purpose when you feel like I don't have anything to do or how can I contribute? You find creative ways to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that se- tends to settle people's fear and that sense of isolation down. Um, and so if you see your partner or a coworker getting off track, if you have these things in mind, you can make suggestions or let's do this together. Let's figure out how we can um, make somebody else's life a little better during this time and, and problem solve together. That, and you can do that from six feet away. You can do that like this. Um, and you're seeing a lot of that in the, in our world today. And, and it's, it's really, um, refreshing that, that trauma and uncertainty tends to bring people together and, and you're seeing a lot of good come out of, of people when, when we're all kind of pulling together. And, and for me, that's been wonderful to see. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of examples of uh, trying to connect or help each other. And in a strange way, I hope this doesn't come out as as a bad thing to say, but it's almost like this couldn't have happened at a better time in the sense that we have at least technology to be able to you know, talk to someone like you and you're, you're just 20 minutes away, but you know, like it's good to be able to talk with you or, you know, with family or with friends. Right. I just had a, a zoom phone call with a few friends that are all over the U S and we just talked for a few minutes, had a drink and just caught up and, you know, seeing somebody and just talking, uh, that, uh, helped to lower the the stress or just, you know, get back into some sort of familiarity. Absolutely. And we're wired to connect. So we need to connect with other human beings. It, it, is, it is very innate, and we, we have to be able to do that. We're just having to adjust to doing it in ways we're not used to doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we adjust, and, and what you're saying is like after you did that, you felt better. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. No different than if you were to meet somebody for dinner and catch up. I mean, it, it, you get the same feeling because you're doing that connecting with another human being and it's it's really crucial to our well-being um and and just a note about zoom i so zoom is new to me and um i'm not the most technologically savvy person in the world and and i walked in and one of my sons is meeting with their team um from the college that they're now online colleging with. And, and I walked in, I like saw all these faces and I was like, it was so nostalgic because I thought, God, this is like Brady bunch on steroids. (laughs) I was loving it. Uh, That's hilarious. (laughs) Of course he was like, what's Brady bunch, but Uh, (laughs) I'm dating myself, but, but there was something really cool about seeing all these faces on the screen. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. I I was on the call a few days ago and there were about 120 guys on this phone call and just being able to scroll through and seeing all these faces. Um, you know, typically in the past you would go to, let's say a webinar and you would just hear the presenter speaking. And and this was so different because you had participation and, you know, Joe from California would show up and you see his face and, um, and you know, all these other folks. So it's of course not the best scenario that we're all kind of being thrust in, but at least we have some of these things that we can still see each other and connect in some way. Absolutely. And one, one just 
wonderful benefit for me doing video sessions with people that I that I didn't anticipate. I get to meet everybody's pet. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's awesome. So I get to see these precious little faces yeah. sitting beside clients. And I, I never thought about that before I started doing video sessions. But I, it's like therapy for me to see all these little sweet animals around their their owners. Yeah. Be careful. Once uh, everything, you know, once people start going back to your office, they might start bringing dogs and cats. And... Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see, to switch gears a little bit, um, you know, uh, I think what you've mentioned so far has been really helpful as far as, uh, I think structure is one of the big takeaways so far from what you've said. And uh, my wife, certainly she started doing that in the past few days for, for the kids and having a structure. She's got color coded, you know, hours and, you know, at 9am we're doing this and 10 we're doing that. And uh, she even has these uh, like different colored, uh, the, the little smelly markers. And I think she's kind of getting high from this, you know, but but that's okay. Like, we'll let that pass for now. an awesome wife. But but I I guess I also see um, maybe sort of like the the darkness uh, of some scenarios where somebody might be, might have been trapped before this. And now they might feel even more trapped. And, you know, I can just imagine somebody in, let's say, a, a domestic violence type of scenario. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if you've seen this with some of your clients, but what about the folks that are further trapped because we're now forced to be isolated with family or with a partner, you know, how can some of those folks, I don't know what the word is, whether it's take action or do something or call someone like how, how does someone like that get help? Well, fortunately, um, Helpmate, which is the domestic violence resource here in Asheville, that that is still available to people. And so if people are in dire situations, they need to know that that they don't need to stay and jeopardize um, their health and well-being, that there is help. They can leave their homes. They can get emergency services and and shelter. Um, So I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, not everyone's situation is idyllic and, um, and certainly, um, people in, in situations where domestic violence is happening or intensified, um, they need to know that there are resources available, access those and, and get out of that situation. You said that was a help mate? Help mate. Um, I think I've got the number right here. If you want me to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I'm going to lean over. Yeah, go for it. No problem. <laughs> Help mate. They have a 24-hour hotline. The number is 828-254-0516. And that's okay. Domestic Violence Advocacy, Safety, Shelter, and Support. Is there such a thing as a nationwide um program similar to that uh, or they're pretty much very local to their area I, there is jason i don't i don't have that number off That's the okay. top of my head um sure. i'm sure i could access it on the world wide web no worries <laughs> no problem sure but yeah i think just at least to put it out there in case somebody does catch Absolutely. catch this and well they, and, and suicide hotline i mean there are national numbers and organizations for people to get help when they need it 
Yeah. Yeah. If we can talk about that for a second. So um, for the past few years, we've been talking about mental health, um, you know, anxiety and depression have been pretty prevalent in our conversation. And I would imagine that that this now is just totally increased the, the stress level and the anxiety of somebody that was already going through that. Um, so I don't know if you have any sort of words of action or, or maybe just um, perspective that you can offer to someone that is going through like a really stressful time uh, because of you know, this, this uh, uncertainty or whatever it is that they're, they're feeling most presently. Right. Well, I would say a couple of things. One is to reach out to other human beings. Um, it, it can feel so isolating when we're trapped in our own mind. And the minute you share your fears, your worries, your anxiety, the, the depressive symptoms that you're experiencing, the minute you share those with another human being, you're cutting those in half. You're unburdening by just speaking how you feel to someone else. Um, so I would say absolutely reach out. There, if you don't have a friend that you trust or a family member that you trust, there are therapists that are online all over the place. And we're, we're easier to access really now than, than ever before. Um, psychologytoday.com is a, is a great resource. You can go to that website, type in um, the, the city that you live in, and then it will populate with uh, a lot of the therapists that are in that area. Not, not everybody's on that profile, but it's a, it's a pretty good resource to find somebody where you live. Um, and then you can read about the therapist. I, I tell people to, to look through many profiles and, and somebody that resonates with you usually is going to be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, if you like what somebody has to say or how they describe that they work um, and that appeals to you, that, that usually ends up being a really good fit. Um, so I would say reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. Uh, talk to other human beings. Um, and there's something else I was going to say about that. Oh, I know. Um, it, it, really staying in the present. I, I found this when I was adjusting initially to all of these changes that I would wake up in the night and start thinking about all the what ifs. Mm, yeah. What if this goes on for two months, three months, six months, eight months? Those thoughts are anxiety producing. Um, what's not anxiety producing is focus, focusing on this day, this hour, this minute that I'm in. So if you can ground yourself in the presence, in the present and, and keep yourself busy, do things that you like to do you're doing your routine, you're doing your work, you're catching up on, like me, I've got a stack of books that high on my nightstand. Um, it's like, great, I've got this time that I can do things that I enjoy. Use the time to do that, knowing that this, this isn't going to last forever. It just won't. Mm -hmm. We will get through it and we'll go back to our, our busy daily routines. And then we'll say, God, I wish I had used the time to read those seven books. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
so, I, know, I know it's different for everyone. You know, something that's helped me is um, you being creative in some way, right? So uh, for me, the, these podcasts are, are creative and also serve as a way to connect with someone else. Um, yeah. Taking my camera and doing some photography, even if it's at home or of the kids or something like that, doing some silly videos and posting them and sharing them yeah. with friends. Uh, just having something to keep my mind busy uh, has been really helpful. Um, yeah. and I know a lot of, um, uh, also playing with the kids and, and doing manual things. Like, you know, we have these little building blocks and just doing something with that. Like I find that it, uh, 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes pass. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like, you know, we've just been, been playing and, you know, keeping ourselves busy at, in the present moment. Absolutely. I've pulled out every game in my house and a big stack in the living room and uh, beg, beg my sons and husband to play every night. Yeah. <laughs> They're tired of it. but. <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's talk about that because I, I would imagine that uh, some folks are able to find some opportunities nowadays. Um, I know during the weekends where we would usually be taking the kids to um, a birthday party or a game or an event or something like that. And so now we're at home and so we're finding different ways to connect with each other. And it's for, for me, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, for my mm -hmm. wife and um, folks here at work, they've had similar experiences of being at home and um, taking care of their, their lists or just being with people and playing board games and stuff like that. So what kind of opportunities are you seeing with folks being at home? Oh, yeah. It, it, being able to connect. You know, that's another thing I thought that we we have we live in this 24 seven plugged in society. And so one of the benefits of of being able to be at home together is to connect with each other and to get to know each other and, and do the things like it. Uh, my sons are musical, so we've we've focused on let's put together a set list and and all learn the same song and then play it together. Like it, it's it's great. Mm -hmm. I had an empty nest for six months, and now my twenty one year old and nineteen year old are back in the house. So I did think the other night, oh gosh, they're going to leave again, and I'm going to have to get through this another <laughs> time because it was rough when, yeah. when you know when they flew the coop and. Sure. Um, but for now, I'm really enjoying it and doing things like that, finding, um, you know, what each family member is interested in and then being willing to participate in in what they like and share. I mean, it's it's an opportunity to get to know your your family a little better. It's uh, it's been great. Yeah. Good. Well, um, I feel like we should start wrapping up here. Uh, you've said a lot of things and um, I've certainly gotten some useful things that made some notes on that I can use with uh, with my coworkers here or when I go home and just being able to have those moments and, and implement some of that structure to help us uh, in what's a, just a very strange time. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the reality is that, that we're in it. And so we might as well try to make the best of it and, and take Absolutely. action. Because uh, I know for the first few days, I, I was... Like it was hard for me to just do much of anything. I was just, just doing busy work, but not really doing anything. And I would imagine yeah. a lot of folks have been in that same kind of space. Absolutely. And, and that's just part of the adjustment. And again, be patient with yourself, be compassionate with yourself. Just know, you know, I, I think as, as we get another week or two into this, people are getting more adjusted and calming down and, and, adjusting to the new reality and the temporary reality. But, but again, it, any change, even if it's 
good and wanted change, which this wasn't. Um, but even when things are, are expected change, human beings just have adjustment to that. And so realizing that, realizing it's normal, it's okay, and you remind yourself of those things will help settle you down. Perfect. Um, so Kelly, if somebody is in, uh, I guess, North Carolina, right? That's where you're, you're licensed. Yes. Um, how can uh, they reach out to you? So I have um, a website, uh, kellywileytherapy.com. Um, I'm also on psychologytoday.com. Um, all of my, my, my physical address, all of, all of the ways to reach out to me are, are located there. Um, I, I am doing video sessions. I'm doing phone sessions. I'm meeting, I'm still meeting with people face to face on a very limited basis, which allows me to do all the protocol, the sanitization and all of that in between. Um, for people that are just not comfortable in this medium. Um, I've moved the couch and the chair way far yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> and just being mindful about um, taking good care of, of everybody that way. Awesome. So, yeah, I would certainly encourage if anybody um, connects with what you're saying and they're here in the state to reach out to you. Uh, just in, in um, sort of partial disclosure, um, I, I've um, benefited from coming to see you along with my wife and uh we think the world of you you've helped us so much um you know over uh, i forget how long we were we were seeing each other but uh you were just absolutely amazing you were uh very direct uh, in a helpful way and very action oriented which i think uh definitely aligned with the way that we think uh, and certainly helped us for the better. And uh, it's great to connect with you again. So thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. It's my, my pleasure, my honor. All right, Kelly. Well, thank you. And uh, hope to see you uh, soon. <laughs> okay. Take care. All right. Best bye. Your family. Thank you. Hey guys, and before you go, this is Jason from Spectrum Labs. Please be sure to visit us on the web at thespectrumlabs.com for any show notes and links discussed in the podcast. Also, remember to click the subscribe button wherever you may be listening from so you get notified when our next episode comes out. And tune in next show and have a fantastic day.